My name is Jacob Stoops. And I'm Jeff Luella. And you're listening to the Page Two Podcast. This is our podcast about the people of the SEO industry. We chronicle the real life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the business. In this week's episode, we talk with Daniel K. Chung, SEO team lead at Prosperity Media, an SEO and content company based in Australia and host of the Make SEO Simple Again podcast. We discuss his background in speech pathology and health, his career in wedding photography, and why he eventually transitioned to digital marketing and SEO. We discuss his rise from junior SEO and content strategist and how he was able to work his way up to team lead, talk about his best stories, and so much more. For today's core topic, we deep dive into what it's like to run an SEO podcast, talk about how we all decided to start our podcasts, things to consider before you start a podcast, our equipment setups and recommendations, and so much more. Finally, we read Twitter questions of the week and award some Page 2 podcast swag, so get your popcorn ready as we tell Daniel's SEO story and have another great roundtable discussion. Hey everybody, this is Jacob Stoops and I am back with episode 67 and I should say, uh, shouldn't say it like that, uh, not I am back, we are back uh, with episode 67 uh, and if you don't know me, I am an SEO director at Search Discovery and the other part of the we is Mr. Jeff Luella, Senior Technical SEO at the Wirecutter, a division of the New York Times. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, howdy, hey. It's going great. Hey, howdy, hey. How about how about me uh, actually uh, uh, undercutting you without even uh, uh, really attempting to in the in the the immediately as soon as I start the podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know that um, I'm used to it by now. You know, it is it is Jake's podcast. I right. just show up here once in a while. There's no <laughs> there's no team. There's just a me, right? Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, I, no, I am the, you know, I, I, I get it. It's uh, never take offense to it. You know, so it's, no, it was completely I, unintentional, completely unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff is uh, quite honestly, what people don't know is like most of the guests, Jeff is the one that has the connection already. Uh, he's the one, <laughs> he's the one that is like, oh yeah, uh, you, we want to interview that person. I'll just reach out to them because he just knows everybody. So Jeff is the, yeah. Jeff is the great yeah. connector. Yeah, you know, I just reach out and talk to people. That's about it. <laughs> and, and most of the time I don't talk about SEO because I feel that they, you know, most of the people I'm reaching out to are, are way smarter than me. So I, I reach out with like, hey, you look great today. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. So we have a very interesting episode today and I'm, it's, it's going to be a, uh, a traditional episode in the sense that we're going to talk about SEO and it's going to be a bit also like inception where it's a an seo podcast where we talk about seo podcasting uh and today's guest we're just gonna we're gonna bring him on uh is uh mr daniel k chung uh and daniel did i pronounce your last name right because we forgot to ask about the pronunciation ahead of time well hello everyone uh yeah yeah, i would say Yes, um, so that's, no. that's not probably. 
it's a yes in the sense that I grew up in a Western society, so Chung is the default of how you would say it. Okay. Um, I guess in Hong Kong it would be different. It would be Chung, but even I never say that. It just felt uh, weird to okay. say Cantonese anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's two things that I've fouled up already on this on this pod, podcast. <laughs> but I legitimately do not think that I would have been able as a as an, a Midwest American to properly pronounce, no matter how hard I tried, the the Cantonese uh, pronunciation. So and uh, yeah, we uh, we had Veruska uh, on. Uh, two episodes ago now, and she has it a, a an amazing, an amazing entire you know her entire name is amazing, uh, but she walked me through step by step. Here's how you pronounce my name, and the lights come on, get it wrong, <laughs> and I had it right before, uh, and then the lights come on, and I immediately get it wrong. So uh, this would not be the first time, and probably won't be the last time uh, that I completely butcher uh, people's names. So I'm just going to apologize uh, in perpetuity for doing that. Cool. So we- It's our perfect imperfections. It's our perfect imperfections. It's why we are a humble little SEO podcast. We're the little SEO podcast uh, that could. So we've got some some really interesting stuff uh, to talk about today. So we're going to, of course, dive into Daniel's background. We have a bit of- uh, what I'll just I'll just call SEO douchebaggery to talk about, uh, not Daniel, uh, somebody else. Uh, and I think for our topic of the day, you're going to want to stick around because we're going to kind of flip the traditional SEO uh, topics kind of on their head, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to run an SEO podcast. Obviously, uh, Daniel uh, Daniel runs the Make SEO Simple Again podcast. Uh, and we run our podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit behind the scenes and talk about the the what it's like just to run a podcast outside of it, anything SEO related, uh, and that's gonna be interesting. And then we've got some Twitter questions, and I promise we will remember to award the actual winner on air this time. Uh, we forgot to last time, so that was another snafu for our amateurish podcast. <laughs> But we tried real hard. But they all win. That was the end, right? They all won. Yeah. So what we ended up doing is is uh, we had two questions last week. So they both won. Uh, so they both won. Uh, and Jeff, what did they win? Because it's, uh, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I got myself a nice laser engraving machine. Well, not nice, a little cheap one. And yeah, I've been uh, laser engraving everything. So I'm going to be creating some slate coasters. I have some wood ones and now I have some uh, slate ones coming in. I've been playing around all different types of material like uh, ceramic and porcelain and, and, and things like that. And just being able to, um, it's fun to shoot high powered lasers, um, especially um, when you buy a cheap Chinese one that has no protection. So lasers are shooting all around the garage like a maniac. And um, But I got some nice glasses that'll pr- protect my eyes from it. So I feel like I'm at a rave um, when I'm out there in the, the garage. I keep the garage door cracked. I actually should take a video from outside of just all the lights shooting out of the garage door because I think it would, people would think uh, I'll just play some techno and, and we'll just like rock out in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a club. It's like yeah, club. it's laser. So what other where's my ma- invite to the club? Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Where's my Where's my invite, Jeff? Come on, you're we all fly welcome. down to, all the to the club. Yeah, come we down to get, Atlanta. 
uh, I feel like, uh, you know, we've had a couple of DJs uh, on this podcast, so we can bring in a DJ. I think uh, Lily Ray might, you know, maybe she'll DJ, DJ at Jeff's club. Nice. The garage nice. is going to be, I, go. I got to clean it first, but yeah. <laughs> or uh, both Jeff and I uh, worked with uh, DJ, uh, DJ Illusion, Stefan Mack, uh, who I believe he's at Getty Images now back in our past, uh, past life. He was a really, really excellent technical SEO as well. Um, all right. So a few things before we get into the episode uh, that we want to touch on. So uh Obviously, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for for any length of time, uh, you know that we had Hamlet uh, Batista on uh, very early this season. And of course, uh, if you follow the SEO industry, you know Hamlet uh, sadly passed away uh, due to COVID uh, earlier this year. Uh, and my hope is that uh, that we can figure out a way to help his family. We, uh, the SEO community has come up in a, in my opinion, in a very big way uh, and come through in a very big way. You can see kind of on the, on the screen for the, for the video version, uh, for the people just listening through audio, showing the, the GoFundMe, uh, Hamlet's GoFundMe, uh, goal of 100,000. So there's still a little ways to go. Uh, but the, the, the community, uh, th- there's been an outpouring of support, uh, $63,069, which is uh, amazing. Um, this is Hamlet's uh, time of need. Uh, so if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't donated and you have the means to do so, I would implore you to do so. Hamlet's contribution to the industry uh, has been just so, so immense. Uh, and, you know, we only, uh, you know, we're able to, to meet him and talk to him for a short, uh, a short amount of time, kind of a blip on the radar. Uh, and I can just say, like, even in that short amount of time, just the, the impact uh, that he had on us was, um, was tremendous. Uh, the other thing I would uh, implore you to do uh, is take a look at his company. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, Rank Sense. If I could spell it right. <laughs> If I could spell it right, take a look at his company rank sense. Uh, this is a really, really cool uh, SEO platform. Um, and uh, for those of you that have that have not had the demo, uh, the platform has a couple of benefits. So on the agency side, and sometimes on the free, freelancer freelancer side, uh, you have problems with implementation, and that's kind of like their uh, their core mission to help you get around implementation problems. So the way that RankSense works is it is a platform that exists out on the edge. Uh, they work through Cloudflare. They had been working on a partnership with Akamai, uh, and they latch onto your the the tool. The platform latches onto your system and allows you to make changes to your site out on the edge and to test those changes and to get data back about the impact of those changes. So if you're having trouble making updates to your site, your redirects, your on-page optimization, this is a way to edit your site without having to edit it at the source, which in many cases requires development intervention. And it's a way to get things done a lot faster. Pretty amazing product. Um, and then the other thing that I know that they're they're working on is using machine learning uh, for writing of content. Uh, and I was able to see this demo as well. It is still, uh, as I understand it, in beta. Um, but I would recommend uh, if you have 
a lot of, for example, page titles or meta descriptions uh, that need written and you're working on a massive, massive site, this is a great way to scale that uh, content production up really, really quickly. Uh, they, uh, I believe, power it through Python. Uh, and, uh, and I will say, you know, anytime you're dealing with machines, like it's not going to be perfect, right? But it's going to get you 90% of the way there. And, and then you can finish kind of and put your manual kind of human uh, human touch uh, if you're looking to produce uh, a lot of snippets, uh, you know, at scale. So I highly recommend taking a look at this tool uh, if you haven't already. Uh, the I would say uh, the people at the company right now uh, they're they're depending on it. Uh, they're depending on the industry. They're producing a really amazing product, uh, and they're doing their best to carry it forward uh, in Hamlet's uh, in Hamlet's absence. Guys, any have, have you guys had any experience uh, with Rank Sense uh, with the tool? Have you guys been able to see the tool or anything? Um, I know Jeff, you've shared your experience, but Daniel, anything that, that you'd like to say about Hamlet or Rank Sense? Uh, I mean, I watched the demo and from what I gathered, it would be useful for a lot of large websites which have to make a lot of changes at scale because us SEOs are always making recommendations on change the page title, make it more engaging, blah, blah, blah. But the dev doesn't really want to touch that. And what's so amazing about RecSense is that it enables you to do that at scale without any, well, minimum dev resources. And that's what I love about it. Um, we've, in terms of Hamlet, I, I never had a chance to meet him and I was still working up the courage to invite him to my podcast and, you know, hearing of his passing was of course very sad, but just seeing the impact that he had on so many people that I know and indirectly know was just beautiful and magical. And we want what well, I personally want his legacy to go on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tremendous impact on the, on the industry. Um, Moving on to something uh, a little bit more along the lines of douchebaggery, uh, I just wanted to to share an experience that was kind of shared, uh, not my experience, uh, but something that was shared in the SEO community this week uh, that, I don't know, I think, I feel like we, I, I like to stay out of the muck, but I feel like this type of stuff just keeps happening. And there are examples that seem to happen behind the scenes that, until they are brought up, probably will continue to to happen, uh, and it's it's very clear. Um, now, my perception from from the outside looking in is that I've felt more positivity in the industry uh, over the last couple of years, and I feel like things are pointed in the right direction. But when I see this, and when I hear people share their experiences, uh, whether that be uh, you know, women, uh, people of color, uh, uh, you know, LGBTQIA+, um, I realize that we still have a long way to, to go. So uh, for those people listening on audio, I'm sharing on screen a tweet uh, that was sent by Arij Abu Ali, who was a, a guest in season two on our podcast. Uh, and she runs, if you don't know, uh, Tech SEO Women. Uh, and she's got a lot of great things, uh, great things going on. And, and one of the things that apparently gets sent to them a lot and that gets, I think that women on Twitter uh, have to deal with this a lot more than we know, and they just don't show it. It's just this horrible, horrible email 
Uh, and I'll, I'll just read it. Uh, so her tweet, I'll, I'll read the tweet and I'll read the email and then we'll take the, take this, take this douchebag down. Uh, but, uh, Aregis tweet. So this is the kind of crap that gets sent to the tech SEO women email. I'm hiding the email because I know this is someone pretending to be that person, uh, which means that they're putting up our community or that they're, putting our community in the middle of their childish crap. Whoever sent this is a sad waste of space. And for those of you that didn't see the email, the email, she blocked out the person's address, uh, says, it's really funny how guys really think you're real SEOs. I'd never hire a woman. And if you think white men like me are going to give up our speaking slots, then you have another thing coming. I've been in this business for 17 years. I am the most successful SEO and YouTuber in, and it's blocked out. And I'm all for destroying everything you're doing, starting with your events, you son of a bitch. So, what the what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> like, you what the fuck, piece man? Of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, I and I I think the the person is. Like, I think they're trying to be satirical at the same time as being insulting. Uh, And I just like, I've never gone through this. So I don't know what it's, what it's like. And I just can't imagine getting messages that are either uh, demeaning like this or that are, because I, this isn't the only thing that, that women get. It's the, it's the, the men being kind of creepy sexual perverts as well. Uh, And I'm sure that there are a lot of other things that I don't, know about that I don't care to know about but like whoever sent this seriously like grow grow up like what the yeah. fuck man like why would you think that this is okay not just to send to a woman but to another human being who's trying to make a really positive impact in the industry it's ridiculous uh and um I did see a lot of a lot of responses and I think there are there are a couple of uh a couple of things um so there were some responses coming from men who um, were along the lines of uh, don't pay this, don't pay this person no mind. Like don't even let it affect you. And I and I did see like a little bit of the other side from from women. I think uh, Carolyn uh, Leiden uh, had said like to those men saying don't let this affect you. That's part of the problem. And I could see like I, I don't think the the men who were responding I think they were trying to be supportive but maybe that's not the right thing to to say and maybe it is part of the problem that we're saying like don't pay it no mind um, uh, maybe it does need to be called out more blatantly and clearly and I would just I would just say um, that if you feel like uh, you want to call somebody out when they've said something horrible about you and you're a woman that's your prerogative do it uh, this, this stuff shouldn't be behind closed doors anymore. I think, uh, if, if this person is, uh, somebody in the industry who is known or just anybody like they should quite honestly be called to the carpet and held accountable for, for their abhorrent behavior. Like this is, this is just unacceptable. Uh, it's 2021, like, come on, it's not 19, 50 anymore it's not 1950 anymore so come on it was wrong back then too right so it's it's i i kind of find some things in it yeah you know a little hilarious on some things where (laughs) overall it's terrible but things like i am the most successful seo and youtuber I was like, is this PewDiePie writing this? Like, who's? That's where I, <laughs> so that's where I think it's that's where I most... think it's satirical. I don't think that whoever wrote it thinks yeah. that. I think that they're being a little bit satirical, but at the same time, it's incredibly yeah. insulting. 
So oh, I, no, I, I I totally agree. But I'm just kind of like if you're gonna. I don't know. Then it's like you know, calls her you know a son of a bitch, and it's like, who are you calling son? Because it's like you're talking you're to, a, to a woman, woman and <laughs> so, or a group of women. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, I I, I look at it as, as two ways. I, I really feel that it's just someone who probably doesn't have enough time, or just starts trying to flame war. And <sighs> I guarantee there's, and and I, I haven't talked to her region that, but I would be really shocked that those emails were really emails and and things like that. And if they are, like. What, like whoa <laughs> um but at the same time like i ah that's the issue with the internet in, in general is that like, especially if you can hide behind an M- M- yeah. and keyboard like that, heroes like, man keyboard heroes right so it's it's keyboard annoying uh, or i guess it's not even a hero keyboard troll at this one so it's, well, you know what i mean um, like tough yeah. tough guys they not something that they would walk up to anybody and say right yeah and, and i i as many times as i i've I'm not this way, right? So I feel like, and and I really am conscious of like, hey, if I offend anyone, like I'm really really sorry. Like I, I I get it. Like no one's perfect, but like I'm not out there attacking anyone. And and sometimes I'll hear stories and I'm like, oh, it couldn't have been that bad. Then I see emails like this. I'm like, oh crap, it does. Like it it's happening. And and I actually want a reach to post these because I think it's if it's not like you just kind of think it's hearsay, like oh the you know guys are all rude and stuff yeah. until you see this and then it's like. Holy crud! Like, the, yeah. like I, I feel bad, and I wish there was a way to block it all, and I wish there was a way to like that people didn't do it. But um, unfortunately, you know, the world's huge, and there's a bunch of you know, scumbags in it. Yeah, and yeah. as a typical straight guy, it's hard for us to either empathize or understand what it feels like. And of course, it's easy to say, "Don't let this affect you," but of course, yeah. we're not the, on the receiving end. And even as a victim of this, you get called out for for doing so. And so there's that also that victim shaming of, oh, you did this, you did that, therefore you deserve it. Or you put yourself out there, therefore you're open to criticism. And criticism is very different to trolling and hate emails. And like I I somewhat was, I I read the thread and I came across Lyndon's reply and I somewhat agree where I wouldn't bother even addressing this type of persona because they're so far gone that we can't change how they think. That's how their brain works for some weird reason. It's more as three fellow guys on this show right now, what can we do? And and growing up, I think we've all experienced at different ages, locker room chat. You know, I was never an athlete, so I never had that locker room. But even in when I was playing Mahjong, you know, guys, we, we talk about stuff, usually really fucked up shit about women. And I think I'm at an age and I'm married, so therefore I have that sensitivity of, if this happened to my wife, what, how would I respond? And so as guys, what can we do when this comes up in the workplace or amongst friends? Do we call it out? And I think, yes, we do. And maybe that yeah. first step is just to acknowledge, hey, guys, this is not cool, and then step away from the conversation instead of maybe starting a whole argument. Depends how you are confrontationally. But, you know, as a dude, I feel as though that's my responsibility. I can't change whatever this person's problem is, but I can affect my own language and who I interact with so that mm-hmm. I can ensure in my social circles, in my bubbles at least, that this type of behavior is not rewarded. Yeah, I would say uh, Amanda Jordan really, um, when she was on uh, earlier this season, we, we asked her uh, a question like, we're two middle-aged white dudes. What, and we don't do this to people. So like, what can we, re- what can we really do uh, and her, her best thing is like, call that shit out. Like, don't let it fly, call it out. And, um, 
I think um, I agree, right? It's it's unrealistic uh, to expect that every guy has never had or heard locker room talk, especially um, if you're of a certain age growing up in in a society that, that that was accepting. It's less accepted now, but like when I grew up, it's pretty pretty normal thing. I grew up Midwest, uh, you know, Ohio, small town Ohio. Lots of lots of um, sexism and racism, and it, you know that that was uh, that exists, uh, and it did exist uh, back then. Um, when you're you know, and when you're raised under those conditions, like you, starting off, you don't know any you don't know any better. And quite honestly, uh, when you're growing up, like you want to you you don't want to get made fun of as a kid, so you try to fit in, and sometimes that means saying stuff that is horrible um and i would say as i've as i've grown up as i've gotten married as i've had uh you know kids and a daughter like i i think about this type of stuff in a much different context uh and that context is like how would i feel if this happened to my daughter and i can tell you how i feel i'd be fucking pissed off uh and i wouldn't let it go um so i just I think going forward, when we see this, uh, you know, as middle-aged white guys, the best thing we can do is is call it out. And if we see it in person, which I've only rarely seen anything remotely, I've never seen anything like this in person. Um, but I've only, I, you know, I've seen hints of sexism in the workplace and in some of that sort of stuff. And I think going forward, that's something that would be called out. It, it, it's not cool, not acceptable anymore. So, not not that yeah, it ever and, was, also. but. And yeah. another tweet, I, I didn't know if it was in reference to this, but when when you do see someone else, you know, sharing this type of stuff, like a reach, not, not the actual email. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw someone, a woman say, guys, we just want you to listen, not so much provide us with recommendations or advice. And so that's yeah. something that I guess as guys, we can also take away, take away the mansplaining that comes so naturally to us. I don't even know why that happens. But uh, just just acknowledge that that happened and that you're there to support. We don't need to provide answers. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, excellent point. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, let's get into the, the the crux of the episode. So we're going to talk about Daniel's uh, Daniel's background. He's going to be on the hot seat. Then we're going to talk uh, about podcasting. So it's going to be a little bit like Inception, uh, an SEO podcast talking about an SEO podcast talking about how to podcast. Uh, then we're gonna we're gonna cover off on some Twitter questions. We've got uh, hopefully we can learn of- something there. Yeah, right, right. Uh, we've got a lot of Twitter questions today. We're going to award some merch, and then we'll be on our way. Uh, so, Daniel, you're you are on the hot seat. Uh, tell us, tell us about yourself. Tell the audience who you are, uh, and tell us how you got into SEO. All right. So, where do I begin? I always fail at these questions. Who am I? Hmm. <laughs> Start from well, elementary school. My, oh no, that's very sad. We don't need to go that. I've erased that past. <laughs> so I'm Dan. I live and work in Sydney. Originally born in Hong Kong, but moved to Australia when I was a very young age. So I guess that's my weird burden that I've always shouldered was um, I always saw myself as a banana. So yellow on the outside, but very white on the inside. And that has caused a lot of internal grief and frustration as I've tried to discover who I am. 
And to this day, I don't know who I am, but I realize I don't really give a shit because I don't need to really know who I am. It's more important that I know who I'm not. Um, and fun fact, I've only been in professional SEO for just over two years. Um, I was a wedding photographer for about 10 years before that. I have a health science background. Um, and, and if we go back to high school days, because I'm Chinese, academics and going to uni or college, depending where you are, was the career or the life plan. Because if you studied, did well at school, uh, therefore you would get a good job and have security, financial security. Um, but I don't really think that is the way anymore. And most SEOs can attest to that. We make pretty good bank and we don't really need formal education for that. Um, but yeah, I kind of fell into SEO because as an entrepreneur, in air quotes, um, I was married about two years at the time and I realized I wasn't really pulling my weight in the marriage in terms of the money. And so I finally decided to give up trying to run my own business and making millions of dollars um, and just go back to a day job. And I knew the owner of, well, the founding director, James Norquay of Prosperity Media. I kind of knew of him on the periphery because I'm, I was always curious about SEO. And so I just hit him up on an email when they weren't even looking for anyone. And I said, hey, I have, I've run my own website. I've followed the business. I, do you guys have any opening? And for some reason, he said yes. And that was the beginning of this beautiful relationship I have with SEO. So that really is me, well, my professional life in a nutshell. So with a background in the health space, what, if anything, has translated in terms of your career now, which is very different? Ah, I think the biggest thing that I took away from health science and really speech pathology was being client focused. We can have, okay, let me take one step back. In speech pathology, we can come up with session plans and what we're going to do for the next six to 12 weeks, depending on what the issue is. But none, all of that goes out the window when the patient or client comes in and it's something else. And so from an SEO perspective, it's the same. We can map out a strategy or a project plan for the next 6, 12, 18 months. But there's a lot of ad hoc stuff. There's a lot of things that are seasonal and just dumpster fires that we have to put out. And so it's well and good to have a plan. You should have a plan. You should have structure. But really, it's all about what can you do to help the client achieve their goals. And depending on what client you have, small business, their goals are going to be very different to, let's say, a marketing manager or a CMO. And therefore, you need to kind of recalibrate what you know as an SEO into how you can help them achieve their KPIs, whether that is growth, whether that is brand awareness, whether it's just making more money or to allow them to get their bonus in the coming financial year. And then how did you go from schooling kind of, uh, you know, kind of in the health field to wedding and event photography? <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> it doesn't. There is no logical pathway. It's just making letters. <laughs> exactly. Buy a camera, so, right. So between failing at becoming a speech pathologist and getting all my credits out into a health science degree, I found my first full-time job at a at a private college that provides specializations for doctors. 
And so they kind of have a monopoly in Australia for that. And it was admin based. Um, and I love that job because it was all about processes, building our systems and babysitting doctors on how to pass their exams. And during this stage, because I had all this disposable income now, I bought cameras. Not so much to use them, I just, I'm a nerd, I'm a geek, I just like collecting gadgets. And so I just had this array of lenses and cameras. And then one day, I befriended some dude on the internet, and he was a wedding photographer. Wedding photographer, And he invited me along to a wedding, I brought all my gear, and I, I just fell in love with the energy and the excitement and all the things that could possibly go wrong on a wedding day, as we all will know, for those of you who are married. Um, and, and that was fun. And so that's when I started using my cameras. And I think I fell into wedding photography because I've always had an interest in business. So having an idea, how do you grow that idea into something that produces revenue? And being a wedding photographer was kind of the lowest cost barrier to starting a business. And so on the side, when I still had my admin job, um, I started this freelance I don't know what you call it, but I became a small business owner and, and it was really enjoyable for the first few years because it was just learning new stuff, whether it was photography or communicating with clients or how to sell or how not to be so awkward in front of people. That was a hard lesson. Um, but yeah, that's how I kind of fell from something health to something very, very unrelated at all. And it was just because I was curious about how to start and maintain a business. Curiosity, also a good uh, a good thing to have as, a, as an SEO. It, it all translates. I always felt yeah. that like photography, like wedding photography, like I, I, so I used to be a DJ before too and I always had something against wedding DJs because I was a club type DJ and wedding DJs really just played the Macarena and threw out hats and everyone danced around. Um, but I always felt like wedding photographers like what's a simple like you get to walk around you get paid tons of money walk around eat all the food you know take pictures chat with people get them like in there like when and then as someone who's gotten married and, and paid a photographer and like at the end it's like i didn't remember half of that night so it's so important to have the, that photography there and uh, i've always heard like crazy stories about like just you know, people just spend $10,000 then don't get anything. Um, so I always thought it would be like an easy gig that would be fun. But at the same time, if you mess that up, like you just ruined someone that just spent like $50,000 on a wedding and, and, and you just ruined it. So I always stayed away from anything wedding wise because I don't want to ruin your greatest day, you know, just because of my something happened or I knocked over a table and the cake fell over and it's all my fault. So I stay away from those as much as I can. <laughs> I can see I've you knocking over the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, uh, our wedding photographers, uh, for my wife and I's wedding, like they work their ass off, man. That is not in, like people think it's as easy yeah. as point and shoot and no, like they were on call for us with us all day long. It wasn't like nine to five. It was, they showed up in the morning early on with the bride to take pictures of her getting her hair done literally seven or eight in the morning and the reception, which doesn't start till six, guess who's on call for all those pictures. So that's like an 18 hour day uh, that they're probably pulling every Saturday or Sunday or whenever. So yep. treat your yeah, wedding photographers nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Please treat them nice. And just like SEO, there are some who work harder than others and some who don't. Yes. Um, and my takeaway from being a wedding 
Photographer, I can't even talk speech pathology. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that on the day or even leading up to the day, we are pretty much also your relationship counselors and planners at the same time. And that's kind of where you get your value from a wedding photographer. It's, it's like SEO. If you have experience in a sort of vertical or CMS or a type of problem to resolve, you're paying for that experience and insight of when it happens, it might not totally. happen, but if it happens, they know what to do. And it's not about just the pictures, even though it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, we had that same, we had an outdoor wedding and um, our caterer was everything. He just made sure, he's just like, you just have to show up. I'll take care of everything. And, and it was like such a great experience. He took care of everything. So that, that was, and you know, I've only been married once, like, and I don't plan on getting married again. So it's like one of those things where I didn't need that knowledge. So I just outsourced that out to, to somebody. And, and luckily I outsourced it to someone who, who was capable of knocking it out and doing an outdoor wedding because there was no real kitchen. There was no real anything mm-hmm. like that. It was, we were on the lake. I know we had like grand dreams of this beautiful lake thing and it rained all morning and you know all that fun stuff but he was right on it he made sure like everyone was there and it, the rain stopped right before the wedding and we all had a good time so Let, let's be realistic your wife had grand dreams you probably didn't give two shits about what the day I, <laughs> I wanted a barbecue in the backyard you know that right was me. there you go <laughs> let's have my yeah. friends in a case of beer <laughs> yeah like my wife spent her entire childhood thinking about what her wedding day was going to look like and making sure when it came time to execute that to perfection. And I can assure you, I did not give it any thought, (laughs) any thoughts uh, in terms of what the day was going to look like. The only thing I cared about was, are we going to get married? Yes. Okay. Are we going to have fun at the reception? Yes. Good. I'm good. (laughs) At least you thought about having fun. Most couples, care so much about making other people happy that they lose sight of oh that's my wife married. too man that's my wife yeah yeah we went through that and like the for those of you that haven't been married uh and and i'm i'm not like trying to like marriage shame anybody that hasn't been married but like when you're planning a wedding one of the most stressful parts especially if you have a big wedding is um the seating arrangement not something you would think of and like who can sit by who who's who's gonna fight with who like i come from also my parents were divorced so it was extra awkward like my dad can't sit by my mom and like it's we got to spread them apart because they hate each other and like there's weird stuff like that or like uh you know you have relatives that they rsvp and and they pick out their food and then they don't show up the day the day yeah. of and you just got this empty table table that you paid for and it's just all kinds of like stress that you wouldn't even like think about yeah. like when you when you propose you have no idea what's <laughs> what's about <laughs> to come your way no idea but it's fun. It was the best day of my life. But man, the the planning up until that day, and it's just an amazing amount of planning that goes into a day that turns out to be such a blur, such a blur. Like it just goes by like that. And you try to plan every minute and nothing goes, you know, nothing ever goes perfectly. So, yeah. but you, you know, we had a great day. So anyways, did not intend to get into, into wedding talk. That's the, that's the fun thing about, uh, running a, a free flowing, free flowing podcast. Uh, so let's bring it back. Um, when it comes to your time at agencies, Daniel, uh, you have uh, at Prosperity kind of worked your way up in a very short amount of time from 
junior SEO and content strategist, kind of low man on the totem pole, and now you're a team lead. So one of the things that we like to ask at the end of every episode is what advice would you give to getting uh, to somebody getting into the industry? But you're relatively new to the industry. Uh, you've worked your you've worked your way up uh, within the company. Also, you've created a podcast. You've uh, created a personal brand out there on Twitter. Um, you know, you're you're. I would say your stars generally headed in the right direction, so to speak. Um, what has been your experience as the one kind of doing doing all of those things? And and what advice would you give to to people? or to yourself two years ago? <laughs> That's a very good question. And you're right. I am very new to the industry and it's relatively unheard of that you start from a very, the lowest of low positions and work up to team lead. And part of that has been down to luck and just timing and where I was at the time. Um, but the other end of that spectrum is I had to want it um, or ask for it. Um, and asking for it is, is never just enough. You need to show and demonstrate that you can add value to the business. Um, because transparency wise, I think I've pretty much doubled my salary, if not more in these two years. And, and that's a big growth trajectory and how to do that always comes down to your relationship with upper management or to your boss at an agency. And James and I have, I think in the past year have developed a stronger relationship. Um, and in the beginning, I was just your typical employee, just clocking in the hours, doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Although for the first three to six months, I really didn't know what I was supposed to do. Was I was so new to SEO and I was still learning the ropes. Um, but once I think you play around with enough sites and can, I guess, address most common issues for most small businesses, then you have a pretty good understanding of how search and SEO works. And by that stage, you kind of need to upskill that. And because I'm, I'm generally curious, sometimes to a fault, I think that's why I love and have progressed so far in SEO is that I'm always asking questions. And it wasn't really actually nine months ago. Actually, I don't know how long I've been on Twitter. But when I started to use Twitter, that's how I discovered there's so many nuggets out there that people are just giving away for free. And in the past, I always thought you had to sign up to a course, join these scammy webinars where they try to upsell you. Um, but there was just so much, there was a wealth of knowledge that people were sharing, even though they didn't think they were. And if you just connect the dots and just keep reading every single day, then you will only grow as an SEO. Um, and that's why I attribute most of that success is that curiosity of always wanting to learn, which is funny because up until when I did my MBA, I hated learning mainly because i was always at square peg or yeah square peg trying to fit into a round hole i i just didn't see the value of learning because it was always about exams and rope learning and regurgitating shit yeah. that didn't make any sense to me but seo is everything you learn is kind of a progression and it builds upon itself and every answer that you are able to resolve opens more questions and if you are the type of person who loves that kind of stuff seo is amazing like I will never learn all the things. I don't even know what all the things are. And so I brought that into my role at Prosperity Media into exploring, okay, this may be the project plan for this particular client, but maybe it's not the best fit. And at a certain stage when I was comfortable, finally, I raised that with my boss and he was kind enough to say, 
sure, do whatever you feel is best. And and that's how I've grown is to have that hands-on experience, read everything and learn from others who have experienced same things and I guess marry them all together, bringing it back to weddings. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess the other side... <laughs> and team lead is is in theory less hands-on client stuff it's more how do you get the best out of the team and like that was just another opportunity i saw within the agency was um we needed a lot more processes and structure um it's good that we all have a wide range of knowledge but a lot of that is lost in just in what we're doing and we're not communicating that to each other so a lot of information or knowledge is is not being shared and as team lead my my role really is to not to manage people but to extract the best out of each of them and that is really how to continually motivate them in what they're doing even though it's just a day job but how can they get something out of it out of just the financial remuneration for exchanging time for money and so that's the challenges that i face now which is it's just whips and change right fun. Whips, like whips and, and chains and Jeff, this balls. isn't this isn't your club, man. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's why I'm not a director. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, that was a thin, thinly veiled shot at me, right? No, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no in general, it's like I have a I, I team lead is not my strong suit because I I um not, I, I know my weaknesses and you know it's not that motivating people's not I just expect shit to get done. And when it doesn't is where I have my problem because <laughs> I don't know how to handle that with grace and dignity and to motivate the person to go in there. I'm just like, what? why is it not done? You had a week, you know, it should only, it took me three days and it took you eight. Why does it take so long? You know, why don't you get better? <laughs> no, it's, it's not, I'm not that way, but sometimes I feel that way deep down. And, you know, it's, I like to, I like to be the person who I love teaching and I love educating, but, um, but, but leading large teams is, is one of those things I've, I've done and um, failed. Like I, I, feel, I feel personally, I failed. And maybe that's where the imposter syndrome really comes in for me when it comes that way. Cause I feel like, Hey, like how, what am like, I, I feel that like I can do it. You can do it and let's all do it. And then when it's not, yeah. and that's where my, um, like I, I, I'm not college educated. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have a master's. I don't have anything like that. So um, I sucked at school, honestly. So I'm really surprised that like I, I've, was good at SEO because I, I do have that ability to break things down. I've you know, learned to code myself, learned to done every, like did everything like that by myself. So really um, when someone comes to me and like, Oh, I want to learn technical SEO. And I'm like, well, go build a website. And then we'll talk about your failures and like what you've done to like how we can make them better. Not failures, but like, Hey, like you get stuck. That's let's work on how to get that. But just to come with me and want like an outline of everything to do to become like a great, seo it's like um i really like probably ruined some relationships early on in my life because i was one of those guys that was up till three in the morning like coding and like oh i can't go out tonight i'm I'm working on this cool program that's no one's ever going to see or use but it's you know at the end of the day it 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 worked out so it's uh and and i do have that kind of some of those issues so I, i know where my my weaknesses are and i really try to to do that so really the team lead side of things. I applaud everybody who, who's in that position because it's like, I, I've had some amazing bosses and amazing like people who've run teams. Um, and I've had some that weren't so great. Jake, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm kidding. Jake is, Jake is, a, Jake is an amazing, like 
just leader in that that realm he's just naturally he cares 10 times more than anyone that i know about anything so that's uh it's one of the reasons when he asked me to come on the podcast i was on here because i care yeah there there were a lot of interesting themes in terms of what daniel you talked about and jeff what you talked about um memorization versus passionate learning huge difference huge difference right um nobody likes school and some people like school but most people don't like school in classes because it's all teachers. shit you, you get and teachers because it's all shit you got to memorize and most of it you realize you're not going to use but there's a big difference between memorization and like passionate learning and i think to to bring in the team leader component of things one of the most rewarding um times in my career was when i was able to work with a lot of less experienced uh people in the seo field and help them reach and unlock their potential. And I think some of the most challenging times in my career have been when you're working with somebody where their passion isn't where yours is and and coming to the understanding that not everybody cares about it as much as you and that there may not be anything to unlock ultimately in the end, it may just be a job for them. But when I will say that there's nothing more rewarding when you see somebody that comes in and the light bulb goes off and then they start slowly but surely crushing it. Uh, and, you know, I've seen that uh, time and time again. And that feeling for me, knowing that I played some part in that is so much better than any feeling that I get from doing well on any client. Um, it's just 10 times better. That's like the reason that I wake up in the morning. And if you're somebody who is thinking about becoming a leader, whether you're a natural leader or not, I think you just have to like assess yourself uh, and assess why you want to become a leader and what challenges you want to wake up and, and solve uh, because it's not for everybody. It really isn't. Um, and some people gravitate. Some people want leadership because they want power. Uh, and that's the wrong way to look at it too. And Jeff, those are yeah, those are probably the people that you ran up against that weren't good. Yep. And some people that get leadership don't don't want power and just want to make people better. Uh, and those people run into probably their own sets of own sets of problems. Like I'm not good at organizational politics. I stuck at that. I'm not very like I I'm I've never been been good at that. But you you do need some of that. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's stressful. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's all those things, but it's really, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it than, than that. It's, it's, it's the, for me, the most fulfilling part of my career. Uh, you know, we talk about SEO, we talk about best practices all the time. We talk about client success. We talk about failure. I do want to mention a failure that I had recently. I'm 16 years into this thing and I, I had talked to a client, presented this great pitch. Uh, I thought we were like, we we're so on point. Get to the end of the pitch. The client says, you just wasted 30 minutes of my time. And I was like, wow, this still, <laughs> I didn't know it was possible for this to still happen. Uh, and it happened. So yeah, that's one of those, uh, that's one of those like best agency. And I was going to ask you, Daniel, yeah. before we move on to the podcasting, like best agency story. Uh, and for those of you out there, like 
I don't know what your opinion of me might might be like sometimes you look at the SEO industry and you and you see people that are like really well known like uh Aleda Solis uh like she she never fails she's so good uh and it's possible even if you're really and I feel like I'm pretty good at my job to fail uh and it's possible to fail on any day every day uh and you know, as good as I feel like I am, I failed so hard, uh, even this week. So it happens, shit happens. Uh, and it's about, you know, yeah. how do you pick yourself up after that? Yeah, and there many times happens. Yeah. Especially at agency life because, yeah. uh, yeah. clients will come and go and that's they just do. the nature of things. It could be personal, it could just be lack of funding or they've another agency has bid and they've undercut you or they are perhaps better than you. And mm -hmm. yeah. these are the internal struggles that the director kind of has to shoulder all that burden. So again, James, thanks for doing that. <laughs> and I right. guess yeah. as employees, you don't ever see that. And I never really saw that until I deliver, developed a stronger relationship with my boss. And that was seeing why sometimes he felt like when your boss walks into the office, sometimes you can feel there is sometimes a bright aura and other times there's a depressive mode. And and that's just the weight of running a business. And that's the same with mm -hmm. clients. They have good days, they have bad days. And how do I tie this with a story? I, like we, we've, of course, <laughs> we, we've worst lost clients. <laughs> What's been your worst day at an agency or just an SEO? I, I haven't had any. Like so, there've been bad so days lucky. and that's, <laughs> I know. And it's mainly because I haven't had that level of responsibility until just the past few months. And so I can't really speak to that. And bad days are usually because there's just so much to do and so little time. And that's just a matter of yeah. maybe I'm not prioritizing things or I'm overcomplicating things, but I, I don't have any bad stories personally, apart from when we lose clients and, the worst thing that you can do is try to win clients to try and recoup that loss in revenue by taking on the wrong client. And that's something mm -hmm. I think every agency oh, yeah. owner has done, whether they learn from it or not, that's up to them. But we've prosperity has definitely learned from that. I can yeah. say. I, I, I had a, a CEO who was an amazing salesperson. Um, I always called it brute force sales because he would, was the type that would pick up a phone and call a hundred people every day until he would get someone to come in there. And, and, Sometimes you land a good gig, sometimes you don't. <laughs> so uh, every time we would lose, like a competitor, like lose a, a you know a client, um, he would call every one of their competitors and not give away any of the secret sauce. He's like, I understand your industry. I've been studying your site for this long. This is everything that we feel because we've done our competitive research to see how we could be better than them. So and and so it works surprisingly well. Um, because we were just, I, I was stuck in the wedding industry for a fairly long time because we would, we would lose somebody and it is kind of funny, um, uh, but we would lose, lose a client. Um, we, I think it was like the knot that we were working with. And then we just went to every single like wedding blog out there and we went for him, ended up like getting David's bridal and getting all these big, big brands. And it was, it was pretty awesome. Like I, I, I gave him that credit. The, the negative part was he wasn't the, the greatest CEO, <laughs> but it's when it came to like healthcare and all that fun stuff. But when it, when it came to sales, he, he had a, a workhorse mentality that, that no one I've ever seen had before. So 
we're we're clearly uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of stories. Uh, oh yeah. I want to make sure that we're respectful of everybody's time, including our audiences. Uh, yep. I'll leave this with one last one last thought uh, as it relates to my personal failure. Is uh, I was talking uh, earlier about it being really, really rewarding when you see the light bulb turn off, and I just, or not turn off, turn on, uh, for people that you're that you're you're mentoring. Um, and I'm working on this account with a specific person uh, that I've been mentoring for a long time, and the light bulb's like finally starting to go off. And she happened to be on the meeting with me, um, and it was. The comment that that I made to her after after we got off the the call, which was obviously it was a really embarrassing call uh, for me, was, and I have to admit this, I just gave you a masterclass in how to get your ass handed to you by a client. <laughs> it happens, it happens, it happens. Anyways, uh, all right, so let's jump into podcasting. So if folks came here not just for the SEO stuff. Uh, to learn about what goes into a podcast, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Jeff, do you want to you want to kick this section off? Sure. So I, it's actually great because I never started a podcast. Um, <laughs> Jake started it in season one, and, and I came in, so he did a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, picking a bad name that everyone else has, all that fun stuff. <laughs> I know how to get underneath his skin a little. <laughs> uh, no, but just uh, going through that. So like, what was what made you again, not, like not being like an industry, like being an in industry for like 20 years and, and being, you know, the best SEO and YouTuber, like uh, the guy who wrote a reach, um, what made you like actually like want to do a podcast, right? And, and I'm just going to guess something about speech pathology um, that you like to, because <laughs> you do have a great radio voice. Um, so it's one of those where I think, uh, yeah, um, I was going to say that is where. His radio yeah, voice is so much better than ours. Oh yeah, I had the worst. <laughs> really, it sounds really nasally on my end. Oh, no, no it's, it's you're good. Crystal clear, very very baritone. <laughs> <laughs> so, what made yeah, you want to start question. a podcast? Yeah, I think it always comes down to, and something I came across many years ago, Simon Sinek. What is your why? And that is everything how I, I approach life. And the why to why I started my podcast is does relate to SEO. And that was, I knew there were all these amazing people on Twitter in our field. And how can I add value to them? How can I kind of raise myself up so that they can actually see me and not just some other person on Twitter? And that was, how can I do that? Let's start a podcast. And, you know, it's similar to ego baiting. Same, same principle. Have them come to the show and I just ask questions because I don't have the answers and just have a conversation with them. And that really was my why, it was everyone is sharing these amazing charts, amazing case studies, and then Hamlet with his amazing Python, and I have nothing. <laughs> and so I'll yeah. use my voice for radio then. <laughs> That's great, I and mean, that really it's, is it one. is. It, How to use your talents. That's the, yeah, the one thing I really enjoyed about it so far is, is just, I've talked to people on Twitter forever I've been in around, I'm not the type that goes to, to conferences too many times, um, you know, for some reason or another. Um, but in, in general, like the, the podcast has been really a great way to talk somewhat face-to-face -face, um, with, with uh, 
experts in the industry and just being able to, you know, again, I, I always look at them as the, the person who's definitely smarter than me. And um, I love just to be able to ask questions and, um, and do stuff like that. Uh, so what's kind of, what's it like every day? Like, or not every day, but when you, when you go into a podcast, like let's kind of go back and I think we can all like chip in here, but like yeah. everything from booking a show, or coming up with like a show idea, booking a show, AB testing in a way, right? Because we we've done things on on this show where we've tried things like news and we're terrible at it, um, and you know we're we're trying other things like Twitter questions and like they that's like a fun aspect of the show that we do now. So, um, what are some of the things that you've done to like once you got it? You know, you, I'm going to make a podcast. What were some of the steps to actually like get up and going? And then you know we'll get into how things like, things that we do to actually you know one why we keep going is because we love the you know the, the the industry and love being able to talk on podcasts but what are some of the things we do um to get viewers and and listeners and, and things like that but let's just start off with like okay you, you're gonna start a podcast what are some of the things we can do to, to start that okay again it comes back to your why know your yeah. why if you don't have a why don't even bother you need to map that out and for me like starting a podcast is relatively easy, especially these days. There are so many platforms yeah. that can just let you do it with your phone and that's all you need. Um, but me being an ex-wedding professional, you know, I'm a perfectionist as well and I love to have the audio to be crisp. But I think you need to map out who you, well, for me, well, for Make SEO Simple Again, it, it's all about guests and having them share their stories. And that was kind of my angle. We don't need to talk about SEO, even though they're mostly all recognized in their spaces. But I want to dive into the stuff that they don't regularly talk about or where other SEOs yeah. don't always ask them about. And that was my angle and my why was to, here is an intellect who is way smarter than me, but I'm going to bring him or her or they down to a human level so that we can all relate. And that comes back down to the part joke where I'm making fun of an ex-president and also trying to make SEO simple again in the sense that we're not explaining SEO, but I'm trying to make you see that this person that you may put up on a pedestal, he or she or they uh, have the same challenges that you faced in their professional and personal life. And mm -hmm. so yeah. that was my initial map and that's how I started. And the very beginning, my tip as a marketer always is pick someone who is very well known, otherwise no one's ever going to discover you. And so that's why I picked Mac Diggity, Diggity because he has a huge following, especially in the affiliate space. Um, and you know, talking about failures, that was probably one of my worst interviews. And that was my pilot episode of the entire show. And if you listen back to it, I'm, I'm so nervous. And the questions are so robotic. I'm, I'm hardly engaging with him because I just, I just need to get through this. And he's this superstar sitting in front of me. I'm stealing his time. And I'm just trying to power through it without really having a conversation, which is ironic. And by the end of season one, I think I get a little bit better. <laughs> but um, one of my biggest flaws and something I still have even right now on the show is I have mind blanks. I should see a doctor Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like someone asked me a question or I, or I, they've said something and I want to respond to it, but I wait for them to finish. And by the time it's my turn to conversate, exactly. I'm just like, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just gone. And I tried writing notes, but then it's hard to scribble notes. 
in a legible way and then refer to them. And so I still end up at the same problem. And that's when sometimes you'll hear me just ask a very generic question was I'm just throwing myself a lifeline. <laughs> but yeah, you know, how to get no, started. That, that definitely happens. Yeah. Mm. I, I have started, the same. Yeah. I was going to say, I still have the same kind of issue that way. And it it's funny, um, Jake, you don't know this, but I just actually ordered online pod decks. It's a oh. deck of cards. Decks of cards with questions. There you <laughs> and go. The idea is that you pull a question out. It has nothing to do with SEO. So I need to go through these and like write on them and say like, in SEO. <laughs> yeah. Do. But I think that'll help just with me just being able to come up with different questions. I, I feel Jake's amazing at like listening to that, to that and understanding um, what they're saying and coming up with that next question. I think that's where I can ask questions, but that next question is where I, I get in a little bit of trouble. Let, let me tell you. So I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Like po- the barrier to entry for starting a podcast has never been lower. It's, and, it, and it's only going to get lower. It's only going to become easier, which is why, like you see so many podcasts, everybody has a podcast, right? Uh, it's like 10 years ago, everybody had a blog, go read my blog, go read this post. Hey, go read this thing I posted and uh, blogging still has its place. But I feel like uh, instead of a blog, people just have podcasts now because it's a lot easier to, to do. Um, and I think you really have to ask yourself like, why am I doing this? Is there an audience? Does somebody really care what I, what I think? Uh, and not only that, if it's in an industry that's saturated, what am I bringing that's different? Um, and Daniel, uh, like, it's funny, like we created the, our podcasts at around the same time. And I, I think we were like both of one mind that like, I don't think either of us wanted to be the, um, Brian Dean or the Neil Patel or the Tim Sulo of the world where like, and not, nothing against those guys, maybe Neil, uh, what, <laughs> that's a running, I think that's a running bad joke Neil, to bag, bag, bag on Neil. Um, uh, I'm sure Neil's a nice guy, by the way. I, I don't know. Never met He's him. a very nice guy. His yeah. blog is just douchey. <laughs> Pro, yeah. Yes. Um, anyways, it's more about like, I know that I don't know everything. So let me pivot and let's pivot to what do I think people would find interesting and what do I find interesting, which is, you know, where the, the, the background stories and the origin stories uh, angle uh, came. And I thought also like, nobody knows who I am, even still, nobody really knows. Not that many people know who I am. Uh, And I have like a love hate relationship with raising my profile in the industry uh, as well, because I have a, you know, a fear of public speaking and certain opinions about the speaking circuit based on bad experiences. And in order to like do things in SEO, sometimes it's, you do have to raise your profile and I don't want to go speak at conferences. So I was like, this is a, this is a natural way. And the, and the cheat code here is that like, I don't really care about numbers. Like, we just passed 10,000 listens, right? And like, that may be a little or that may be a lot. I don't know. I've heard Dan Shore's numbers and they far exceed mine and like maybe want to go curl up in a ball. But then I like, every time I think about the numbers of who's listening and we have a decent audience size, or maybe it's big or maybe it's, I really don't know because nobody shares numbers. People just come to me and say, you have a successful podcast. And I'm like, Haha, no, I don't. Um, But the interesting thing, the cheat code in all of this is this is a hell of an excuse to meet people. And I'm not, I'm not great at meeting people. This is a great way to meet people and to get to know people. It's like SEO speed dating uh, with all of the best industry personalities and it humanizes people. 
And if you're thinking about starting a podcast, like there, there are way, there, there's all kinds of other formats. Interviewing is just one format. Uh, and for me, that was good because it takes the pressure off of me to feel like I have to know everything. I've also uh, kicked around the idea of starting uh, a mob podcast uh, in which I talk about mob. And the thing that, uh, the thing that I am hesitant about is that wouldn't be interviewing somebody. That would be me talking about mob history, right? So there would be like a certain amount of pressure that would come along with that format. There are other formats. There is two co-hosts in a room format where they just talk back and forth to each other. There are so many different formats. So pick your reason, pick your why, decide on your format. Once you decide on your format, you can evolve from there, right? But then you have to figure out like, okay, what does the typical episode look like? How long is it? Does it have blocks and certain sections? We've evolved into certain sections on, on this podcast and we've played with different things over the course of time to try to center in on what works or what doesn't, <laughs> what doesn't work. Um, and only then it, it becomes like, all right, well, how do I do this? Like, all right, I've got all that. How do I do this? So like, like Daniel and Jeff, like, let's talk also about equipment because equipment is a critical part of podcasting. And people say they have podcasts when they mean also that they're on YouTube. So like podcasting and YouTubing, it's like, it's merging together as being like synonymous. Um, so like what equipment do you guys use? Uh, I don't know. And I know like my equipment has evolved over time. Jeff, I know your equipment has evolved over time. Daniel, like your voice is coming through very crystal clear. Uh, so you've got a good setup. So for people looking for a good setup, like part of it comes with good equipment as well. I'll let the, I'll, I'll let the Y cutter guy speak first. <laughs> you know, you would think I would have a ton of wire cutter review stuff here, but I will say um, I've, my equipment in general, like the camera is like a Logitech, um, what's it, 922C, which is like the best webcam, I will say. That's just like, it's not a real, it's not a DSLR. It's not giving me great focus, um, but it's pretty nice. I, I do run, um, I have, I, I love to get one of those great shore microphones and, and things like that, but I have a, a Personas knockoff that is, I find Personas equipment pretty well. Um, it is not, it is a powered microphone, so it needs power. Um, so it's not a USB microphone. So I do plug it into a Personas preamp or, um, yeah, it's Personas preamp that, that, that just runs in there and that goes right into my computer. So it's, it's an audio device that goes in. So, um, overall it's like, I, I love it. I have it hooked up to my wall here actually on a little stand. So it comes out. It's great. I use this for, um, I, I've been evolving this over a while since I've went remote, um, a long time ago, I bought equipment because I always hated being on, like a, a webinar or, or not a webinar, but like a, even like a zoom meeting with your friends and it was terrible. So I was like, I don't want to be that guy. No one can understand. No, like if you're not going to understand me, it's because I'm just rambling, but it's not because of my microphone. <laughs> so I went and bought a, a like a, a cheapo microphone at first. And, and after a while, I think that thing was giving me issues. So, so I've upgraded a little bit more. Um, I love like, I, I think I make music once in a while. Um, like I have guitars and I have synthesizers and, and I like to play around like that. So this just added into that as, as like another thing into my system that can help me out. Nice. And, and I think the caveat that I want to say is if you want to jump into podcasting, the best way is to grab the cheapest stuff and see how you go. 
because equipment, especially yeah. audio equipment, can get really expensive. Audio and lighting are mo- the most expensive things. Cameras, lenses, they're, they're relatively cheap for me anyway. Um, and so here's the thing. I, I had another podcast many years ago, which was similar to Make SEO Simple Again, but it was about wedding people for some reason. And so I decided let's just go all in. And so I bought like a Zoom H5, I think, which is like a recorder and has its own amp and stuff. And um, I invested in two Audio Technica 2100s USB mics. And they also have XLR input that go into the H5. And many years ago, that that was my thing. So I would, back when we could still do in-person interviews, that's how I did it. Um, These days for Make SEO Simple Again, it is all done via Zoom or Teams or whatever. And I record my audio on Audacity which is an app, and I also get the guests to record their local audio as well because I just don't trust the internet in terms of when things drop out. And so that adds another layer of annoyance to the guests, which thankfully most of them say yes, but if for some reason they don't, then we just run with whatever internet audio we have. Um, But yeah, it is all about audio, especially when it comes to podcasting. But even if you think about starting a YouTube channel, it could be blurry as fuck. No one would care. If the audio is crisp, they will still engage because that is, you know, most cinematographers will say audio is 50%, but I would argue it's even more because you can put up with something that's at a tilt or slightly out of focus. But if the audio audio is not right, they're just going to bounce right off. Um, and if you are thinking of integrating a podcast with YouTube or any of those streaming platforms, the unfortunate side of things is you do need to invest in lighting at a certain stage. Again, when you're just Mm -hmm. dipping your toe in the water, just run with window light. That's good enough. Um, But when you reach a certain level of audience or expertise or professionalism, then yeah, go out and read all the reviews, which are all run by affiliate SEOs. (laughs) And, And just take your pick because there's no right or wrong answer. It's what works with your space because... I'm I'm privileged to have my own place and therefore I have a wide space. But I know because of COVID, we've come to realize a lot of people just have a shared place. And, and that adds another layer of complexity, which most reviews or blog posts don't cover. So work within your means to get your message across because that is all that is important is the content and the why. Everything else is just a bonus. Yeah. So let, let me talk a little bit about uh, our setup and our equipment. Uh, so when it comes to setup, right? So uh, I noticed Daniel in your video, you've got a really nice. Uh, was it? Is it like a Canon camera setup or be- behind it's your a, computer? Yeah, yeah. So it's a Sony mirrorless. Okay, again, yeah. Because I was a wedding photographer, I could. It was an expense that I could justify. Yep. So, so I've got just a small uh, Logitech HD camera, uh, and that's good for the the zoom style right if you're if you care about video uh from an audio standpoint blue yeti microphone really really good the problem with a blue yeti microphone is if you set it on the table it makes so much damn noise don't set it on the table uh get a boom arm get a pop filter right something to cover it up so that you're your pops, your peas, your whatever, uh, in your spittle and spit and everything that's coming out of your mouth is not being captured in the audio. That does happen. People say to get right up on the mic. I have mine way back because the Blue Yeti picks up so much. So play with the audio 
and figure out what is the what is the best in terms of how it's capturing your voice. Um, in terms of uh, noise canceling headphones, uh, that is really helpful, especially if you're one of those people that like your, your mind goes blank. Having distractions in the background, not gonna be very effective for running a podcast. Having uh, denoising the podcast is, is really important. If you can have a quiet space, that doesn't pick up a lot of background noise, like be in a quiet space, right? The audio clarity, crispness, uh, it's really hard to edit background shit out. It really is. Um, in terms of software, so like Daniel, I use Audacity. We don't record on Audacity. We like to play Russian roulette with Zoom <laughs> over internet connections. And, yeah. and that has bit us a couple of times where the audio is being recorded on the cloud and not um, and not being recorded locally. So if somebody's having internet bandwidth issues, as good as Zoom is and as industry leading as it is, um, there is a problem that might come through in your audio and also the video that it gives you is not super crystal clear, no matter how HD your, um, you know, your cameras are. And I would say like, we all have HD cameras. And when you look at our videos on YouTube, they're not super crisp. And when you look at a lot of other podcasts that happen to be on YouTube, you'll notice that as well. Uh, we are looking into other services where it is locally recorded and then shipped up to the cloud. One of those is called riverside.fm where it overcomes uh, a bit of that in terms of platforms, right? So you want your podcast to be heard. Okay, well, it, like there's more to it than just recording recording it, right? Uh, you've got to think about like things like uh, branding. Uh, you do have to think about editing. So I edit also in Audacity. Uh, I also, because we've have got a video component, uh, I've uh, used a piece of software called Wondershare Filmora which is basically a really, it is a really cost-effective alternative uh, to what Adobe puts out there. I forget the name of the of the video editing software yeah. as, uh, as well as uh, what you would get through a Mac uh, for video editing. So Wondershare Filmora, now I got in when they were doing a lifetime deal, if you paid like $80 for lifetime access. So like, I just was like $80 done, I get your software for the rest of my life. And it's really amazing software. So Wondershare Filmora, you can edit audio in that too. One big thing that people don't often talk about also about podcasts is your music. Uh, and you've got to make sure, uh, you know, if you've got your intro bumpers, you've got your commercials, you've got your background music, if you use it, you've got your exit bumpers. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're not using music that's going to get your ass sued. <laughs> so I recommend, you know, going to royalty, you know, places where there's royalty free music, where you either pay a small fee or no fee. YouTube has a massive library of free audio. That's where we got the audio. Uh, if you're familiar with our, with our intro, that's where I got the audio from. It's free royalty free. I don't have to pay anybody to use it. Um, huge library of all kinds of different music uh, and sound effects there within YouTube. So I recommend looking at that. Um, platforms, I was going to get to platforms and then I got distracted, but platforms, if you're, if you want a free platform to distribute to all of the podcast, uh, all of the places where people listen to podcasts, anchor.fm. That's what we used to begin with. Now we grew up a little bit and we needed a little bit more. Uh, and we, we uh, transitioned to Simplecast. There are a lot of other platforms out there. 
I like Anchor because it's free and it's got a lot of functionality for being free, but we we like some certain features of Simplecast a little bit better. Uh, so we moved uh, to Simplecast. Even with Simplecast, uh, the the cost is not super significant, but there is a fee associated with that. And if you're running a podcast on a budget of zero, like we are, I would recommend one of those uh, one of those two places. And of course, YouTube is free as hell. Uh, YouTube is free. So, and that is uh, a lot of people think of just the podcasting platforms, but for us, YouTube has opened up uh, a completely different section of our audience for people that. Uh, don't just like to listen to you, but for whatever reason, like to watch our beautiful faces. <laughs> so like that has opened up a new, uh, a new potential, like uh, place where we get listens as well. So yeah, there's a lot more to think about than you would could possibly imagine. Like it, there's a lot that goes into it. So like, if you're not ready to meet that challenge or to do all that stuff, like, you know, I'm, I'm editing a lot at night and you know we turn around our editing pretty fast there's a there's just a lot of extra work so like don't expect to get famous <laughs> don't expect to get a lot of listens building a lot building a listener base is freaking hard uh and like you've got to do things like social media like we manage social media as well that's hard um but it's critical to booking guests which is hard i suck at booking guests uh that's you know i'm not good at lining up schedules so like that's been a a big challenge for me to get like that right and get it right like across the globe like daniel is in australia so like how can we work out a good interview time that works for us uh that also doesn't mean that daniel's up in the middle of the night which he probably is so yeah there's a lot that goes into it yeah and and i actually don't edit my stuff I just don't Woo! have the time or yeah. the patience to do it. Great. I've done enough editing in my life. I don't want to do it anymore. I just go to Upwork. I found some incredible guy. I think he's in Venezuela, David. And he charges me like 35 USD per episode. And I just tell him start time, end time, cut out this stuff, sync it. And it's done for me. And so, yeah, that, that takes a huge burden off my load when it comes to turning around things. Um, but, yeah, booking... Booking people around the globe in different time zones is always fun. <laughs> yeah. And we got our logo on Fiverr, by the way. Fiverr is a good place. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, I went through a lot of really bad submissions to get to what I feel like now is a very strong logo in a, in a, in a nice brand and a good color scheme. But like the color scheme is all us, uh, but we got our logo on Fiverr. So not a bad place Thank to get you. logos. Yeah. Again, my logo is copying a, an ex-president's hat, so that was easy. Made in Canva. The four, 45, is that the one? <laughs> make pod, let's make podcasting great again. Let's make SEO great again. <laughs> oh, now the, all the pitchforks are going to come out. Um, any last words on podcasting before we do the Twitter questions? Just don't be afraid to start. Like, equipment, yeah, but... It depends on what type of person you are. I think some people like me, people like me, they get really panicked about what's the best gear to buy and that can be the bottleneck to actually achieving greatness. Just start right. and see how you go because maybe mm -hmm. you won't even enjoy podcasting. And so why waste all that money, time and effort on something that doesn't really matter? So just test, see how you go and then invest in it later on. Um, and yeah, always comes back to why. Without the why, there's no point. Yep. Cool. 
Jeff, you want to take us through the Twitter questions this week? Maybe you'll remember yeah. to actually award an award. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So our first question comes from some guy, Daniel Cage. What a jerk. Yeah, what a... He, yeah, he wanted to know, huge. what was the plural of Legos? <laughs> this is a rant of mine. Or Lego, I, I guess. I already said the plural. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I do want to know about the Legos, right? Where, where did that come from? I See, when I watch American drama or movies, the plural of Lego is Legos. And that always makes me cringe. And I don't know what the official line is. I don't represent Lego. And I don't know if they'll sue me for using their products for my yeah. podcast. But hopefully they don't. But... For me, in Australia, we always just refer, whether it's singular or collective, it's just Lego. And so whenever I hear Legos, it, it, it makes me so angry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, I never thought about it, but now I will definitely keep an eye out for that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So our second question is from Orit Mudsnick. Um, and it's another Lego question. Are Legos a ranking factor? He was just kidding. Um, the real question was, That's a she, was, by the way, that's a, she. Oh, it's she. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <Jeff>. Um, I'm, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, what was the final straw that pushed Daniel to doing a podcast? What, 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 where does the final straw come from? <laughs> yeah. uh, again, it comes back to my why of eventually when COVID is over and we can travel and go to international conferences, I want to be able to strike up a conversation with someone. And as just another person on Twitter, you know, the chances of them knowing who you are are very slim, if any, because I don't know much about SEO apparently. And therefore having a podcast allowed me to at least develop personal branding and therefore I could strike up conversations at least with people that I want to have conversations with and learn off and just enjoy conversating with. And so that really was the why. That's awesome. And I apologize for it. Uh, Morty Oberson uh, asks, uh, yeah, we'd love to know what the K stands for in your name. Is this, is just him, is this him marketing his own podcast? Because he asked me the same question. I answered that. So am I allowed to just say, go to SEO rant? This is a SEO podcast within an SEO podcast within an SEO podcast. Yes. (laughs) Just going to guess Keanu. Yes, it's Daniel Keanu Joe. There we go. You heard it first. So Morty is actually uh, going to be our guest uh, next week. Fun, good, fun thing. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question comes, it's a three-part question, comes from Montse Cano. Uh, what's your favorite Lego? That's number one. Oh, good. You've got to pause so I don't have to rethink about it because I will have a mind blank. Favorite Lego would probably be one that I'll never own, but it would be the original Death Star Lego. Not the newer ones, but the original. Or maybe the Millennium Falcon because I'm a Star Wars fan. If I ever did a Lego, it would be Millennium Falcon because I think that's cool. And it just seems like they're all this... They're all the same color. Well, Death Star would be just be a big circle, right? And I'd probably throw it at someone or something. I want to make a ball. Death, pretty- Death Star birthday cake. That would be awesome. Do well, you throw it question- at the child? <laughs> <laughs> it would be my birthday cake. They, they would throw it at me. <laughs> uh, what's the hardest aspect of producing a podcast? Oh, the hardest part is keep going. I think that's the hardest part. Like... 
for those of you, most people don't know this, but I pretty much stopped booking in new recordings and I've had to reschedule a lot in the past month because my workload has just been insane. And, and, and that alludes to what Jake was saying. There's a lot of work involved into it. And if I'm going to take up someone's time, I want it to be my best effort as well. So that I'm just not talking about generic crap that no one cares about. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's like with anything, it's perseverance. Um, and my numbers are atrocious. I don't think I even have 3,000 listeners in total. Um, and I'm okay with that because that's not what I care about. Although yeah. I do care about it because I just looked at it. Um, but yeah, it's just keep going. If it's what you think you want to do, then just keep going. And and I think there's always an audience for you. It might not be the grand numbers that everyone else shares, but as long as that fulfills you at some level, then just keep going. Nice. So Andy Simpson asks, what is Daniel doing or has done to make SEO simple again? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's great. Just talk about it. <laughs> yeah, just talking about it. And, and like, again, my podcast has never been about talking about SEO. In fact, you'll know I'm really nervous and don't really know a person when we're talking mm. just about SEO <laughs> because I'm yeah. too scared to dive into their personal life. And that has happened on at least two to three episodes. But um, I was going to say, let me tell you about Sweating Bullets. Like our first episode, Rand, Rand Fishkin, which I reuse from startups. Let me tell you, you go listen to that. It is awful, just awful, because I was literally sweating like a groupie, like just a groupie. I was so excited to talk to him. And then and then all of a sudden there he is on screen. And I'm like, oh, shit, I actually have to talk to him. Let me tell you. And I'm I'm like, like, he was gracious. But holy shit, man, that was scary. Yeah. And and answer Andy's question again. I don't think I can personally make SEO simple or better. It's more just having the conversations and. And having more diversity in my guest list so that it's not yeah. just white dudes. It's just people from all around the world with different cultural backgrounds or different stories so that someone who's listening can feel like they're not alone. And that's my way. That's all I can yeah. do. So that's what I'll do. That's great. So the last question is from Simon Cox. Um, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why? Well, Simon, that is the question, isn't it? why i'm hoping i got the the right amount of y's and o's in there (laughs) so when i first went to read it i'm like am i missing something here so 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 who do we let's go back through them who let's actually pick a winner this week so we have or well we have daniel first um (laughs) and we've or with uh our legos the ranking factor but then she just wanted to know what the final straw was to get you into podcast we had morty um who wanted to know what the case did for and we found out it was keanu uh (laughs) we have muncie who was asking what your favorite lego was and what was the hardest aspect of producing the podcast uh andy simpson wanted to know what you've done to make seo simple and simon wanted to know why so we got to pick a winner yeah or Daniel's got to pick a winner. It's all on you. Oh, yeah. oh, I have to pick a winner. Pressure. You're the winner. You're the you're the judge here. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. So we've got I'm, or I'm, it'll be Orit or Monty. And then I'm going to defer to the council now. <laughs> it's going to majority I mean, vote. 
I personally enjoyed uh, the hardest aspect of producing a podcast question for Monsi. Right. Um, and I hope we're pronouncing her name right. Uh, Jeff, what do you what do you think? I, I will agree. All right. So Monsi, you are the winner of either a shirt or, or some uh, cool coasters, laser coasters. Some laser coasters. So we'll reach out to you. We'll uh, we'll figure out what uh, you know what you might like, what kind of swag you Woo-hoo! might like. Yeah, but exciting. We've been uh, enjoying giving away the swag uh, this season. So uh, we like to ask all of our guests kind of at the end. We kind of asked this a little bit earlier, right. but in a, in a roundabout way, we're going to ask it again, uh, Daniel. So we end our episodes uh, every week by talking about uh, what advice would you give to somebody just getting into SEO in, uh, in this case, in 2021? Ooh. SEO has never been more exciting and therefore you're on the right track. Um, but I guess getting started is a whole different story. And if you're thinking of starting on your own or learning or getting a job in-house or agency, those are very different questions. So I'll try to address all of those. Um, if you want to learn it from the scratch, I think there's just a wealth of resources. Alita just put out learningseo.io. I mm-hmm. think that's the URL. That just has a bank of amazing resources that amazing SEOs have come together and she's collected. That is a great starting point. But that's just learning or that's just reading. You need to implement it. And so if you are wanting to learn SEO and start from scratch, you got to have a website. It doesn't matter what platform you build on. Just get started. And as Jeff said, run into the bottlenecks or issues. And that is how you get better at SEO. Now, if you want a career in SEO, um, you may still need to have a website so you can talk about those experiences. Was it's, unless you're going for an extremely junior role, and that may be for you, then you don't really need to have too much experience, although it will help you a lot because yeah. most agencies should have processes and onboarding to help you get started at least. By the sixth month, you should kind of know some things. Um, and if, let's say, you want to move up in seniority, I think that's more of a personal question of are you a team player? Are you someone who's open to doing additional work without additional remuneration up front and just showing, demonstrating the value that you're adding to right. the business? And I think that really sums it up of how, if you are thinking of starting, those are my recommendations of how to do so. Excellent. And Daniel, where can people find you? I'm usually on Twitter. So I'm Daniel K. Chung on Twitter. I have a, well, I have two podcasts apparently. Uh, Make SEO Simple Again, an agency podcast, I think. Um, And yeah, that's where I float around. I'm sometimes on LinkedIn, but I'm not really. And I don't bother with Facebook. Awesome. So yes, another great episode. Uh, we're, we're taking it home. So everybody knows we record uh, at the end of the, the previous week and we release it earlier the following week. So if you're listening, have a great week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode. We've got our guest list fully booked out for the rest of the season running through April. Uh, and we've got some amazing uh, guests in store. Uh, but again, thank you, Daniel, for coming on. That was a great, uh, really great episode. And uh, I'm sure yeah. our listeners are going to like it. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. 
If you'd like to find out more about the show or listen to new episodes, visit us at page2podcast.fm. That's page, the number two, podcast.fm. Our episodes are also available on a number of other platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Breaker, Deezer, Overcast, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, you can also listen and watch our show on our YouTube channel or follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. If you'd like to get in touch with us, contact us at thepage2podcast at gmail.com. Until next time... Happy optimizing.